Dude, it's been a year. Almost a year. It's so crazy. That I, yeah, it's been a year since you started, right? Since we started, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not working. We started working recently, but it's been a year since we opened. <laughs> Shit, so. That's good to be working because that means there's customers coming in and that's what it's all about. That's true. Otherwise, it's just a hobby. As opposed to our first day when we opened and I was uh, hoping nobody walked in. I remember that feeling. Like, I was well, like, I remember that fuck, well. I hope nobody comes in here. We we closed half of the restaurant because we were so scared. We did and didn't put any opening signs out. No, and- yeah, same, same, same. And uh, so it's funny, like, you know, somebody like the customer first and first walks in and they look at us and I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do? Like, you've been, you've been in a shop before and what should we do? Like... You know? They should have, you know, by all rights, they should have introduced themselves. Like, I'm, I'm the customer, <laughs> and it would appear that you are the shop. I so, am John J. Customer, and I'd like these, to purchase some goods. In these situations, <laughs> normally, here's what, here's how it goes down. <laughs> but eventually, yeah, we we figured this shit out. So you have, I have, I, yeah. I've I've been watching you guys figure it out. Thank you, man. It's it's been a it's been a fucking journey, like in the past yeah. year. But does it feel like more than a year? Oh, fucking ten. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think my hair is green because it was already kind of you know kind of pepperish or salt and pepperish. Distinguished, distinguished, distinguished gentleman. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely feels more than a year. And I, although we're like pretty comfy, we want to grow. Sure. You know, not not just like the shop or the amount of business, but uh, what we do and how we're involved in the community. Mm-hmm. So now coming up on the one year to be able to. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know when we're going to edit this, to be honest with you, hopefully next week, uh, but probably before the anniversary or anniversary mm-hmm. week to be able to work with you guys, to be able to work with devil craft yeah. and, and have, uh, you know, an original beer, original take on a beer, mm-hmm. uh, for our anniversary is awesome. You know, yeah. and, and something that we didn't necessarily imagine in the beginning, you know, of course we, we, we would love to work with brewers and, and have original beers. Not always that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming up on our one year to be lucky enough to have people work with us and support us in those like moments or those big events is we like hashtag blessed not to be fucking super cheesy, mm-hmm. but like we really do feel that yeah. as, well, a, it comes as a small business. It comes yeah. through. Um, and, uh, we're, it's been a pleasure for us to work with you guys as well. Uh, we're small enough so that we can do mm. projects that don't require like, a million barrels of beer yeah and that's actually a good feeling so yeah i mean that that's a challenge and i get that too you know that there's all different fucking sized breweries yeah. in japan and it's not easy for somebody to say hey you know we'd like to order some beer from you guys but can you make you know three or four kegs for us that's that's fucking dicey for some people are like no you can order you know 200 yeah, or yeah we do minimum orders and I, you don't see it too much now but like you know, it's a, you have a, a set tap or something, but uh, mm. beer bars don't tend to like that. Um, no, I think there's, I mean, with craft beer, like the variety is, mm-hmm. is everything, right? So to have your OEM beer or your, mm-hmm. you know, uh, original beer, it sounds really good. Yeah. And, and it's nice too if you can fucking nail that style that you love. But I think customers get tired sometimes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they would if it was like on tap all the time for sure. Yeah. Or, and then you're going to have your people who, who love that style and like, that's their go-to, yeah. uh, like Pigal, right. And Sanganjaya, like mm-hmm. I, I love them man. I love that they have 
their number one beer is usually what is the old speckled hen or something oh like did that? they have that on pretty much regularly regularly so Good choice. That yeah was one of my early uh craft beer loves right i mean they even yeah. fucking have it in cans and everything like that's kind of crazy wow. yeah now, awesome. now i've seen uh, they they don't another reason to go out to big al another reason to go out to big al Still, like, my favorite beer bar in Tokyo. Yeah, I need uh, to get back there. It's hard, I mean, it's hard to play favorites because there's so many great places. There but are. I think because of their, um, what would I say, their open-mindedness and their inclusion mm-hmm. of anybody who mm-hmm. loves craft beer, that really won me over. When I moved here, um, and I've said this many times, I was afraid of kind of losing that craft beer community that was so important to me in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, my circle of friends all were craft beer lovers or involved in craft beer scene some way or yeah. bartenders, etc. And um, when I moved here, I, I really was like, I have no idea. But traveling here when I was on vacation, I thought the craft beer scene didn't seem as robust. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. You know, I mean, it's obviously exploded in the last four or five years. Yeah. Well, and you guys have been a part of that. I mean, I, I, that thing about community that you were just mentioning, it's just like you guys are in your own way, building it up, the events that you have. And in this corner of Tokyo, uh, I don't think there's a lot of new beer bars, but not everybody's doing other things other than just selling beer. You know? Right. So, and that's I important to us. you guys for that. Yeah, thank you, man. I mean, you know, we, we, we try to work with everybody around us, and I, I don't ever feel like it's a competition. Mm-hmm. If more breweries or even beer bars set up in Oyamadai, that would make us happy. And people are like, well, wouldn't that be competition? No. I mean, now it's maybe a destination spot. Mm-hmm. You know, now maybe people are coming from other places, not just to come to our shop, which thank you if you do. We love that. But um, they get to go to other places, have a couple beers here and there. And that's what I think most craft beer drinkers like to do. Yeah, they do. I mean, there mm-hmm. are a few people that just want to go to one place, but mm-hmm. I think most most people want to go to a number of good places. So the more good places there are that they can feel, you know, they can drop into easily. How great is that? Pretty fucking great. I mean, as a as a craft beer drinker, I I love popping in and running into like familiar faces and places you don't expect. That's a fucking great feeling, man. Um, so I guess I should introduce our podcast since we're about what fucking thirty seven hours in already. <laughs> um, one, uh, welcome to Beer Friends Forever. Uh, Thank we you. are. Oh, you're you're very welcome. We are filming from beautiful Oyamadai, Tokyo. Uh, in Setagaya, and uh, today I, I, I want you to introduce yourself. If you could tell everybody who who are you, sure, and uh, and what you do. I get in that question Tokyo. a lot. Um, <laughs> you ask yourself home, that question at home. You look in the family. mirror. Well, that too. <laughs> no, I'm Mike Grant. Uh, I'm one of the brewers and co-founders of Democraft, and we have uh, four locations here in Tokyo. The nearest one to Oyamada is Jugaoka, so just two stops from here, and that's the newest one that we opened in 2019, and uh, just before that thing happened that we don't want to talk about today. We don't talk about that, yeah. No, uh, and I don't even know what I'm talking about, but something happened. We don't talk about Some Bruno. years ago. Yeah. Um, a, I didn't know it was so recent. I don't know why. Jugaoka feels like it's been there for a while. It has been there for a while, but it still feels new to us because, you know, of that thing that happened and it never has really 
been able to hit its potential. But we did have our busiest day at Jugalca just last Saturday. So Beautiful. things are looking up. The weather was good, and there's an outdoor seating area there, which you're familiar with, which people like when the weather is good. Dude. And was was actually why we like the spot. It's We don't have outside seating at any of the other places. So The spot is great. Yeah. One, to get outside seating in Tokyo is not easy. No. That's no. not easy. The landlord and, smiled upon us. Yeah, he yeah. did. And I mean, your location to the station in Jugoka, um, not to mention, of course, obviously, Brad fucking double craft beers. But let's be honest, my sweet, sweet spot, the Detroit style pizza. It, and from my understanding, is still only available at Jugalka? Only in Jugalka for now. Okay. So if you don't know what this this beauty is, uh, it's a... May I? Please. I'm going to fucking ruin this explanation. But to no. me, it's a it's a square pizza. Uh, and, and it, you know, it kind of reminds me of like those classic, like, um, um, what are they called? Uh, uh, pan pizzas? Yeah. Like the Pizza Hut. But yep. Don't compare it to Pizza Hut. The fucking edges are super crispy from the cheese. That's the inside it. is like mochi mochi, this like, you know, soft, kind of like gooey. You sound like you're thing. quite familiar with this. I've had it a couple times. I've had it a couple times. I've eaten many slices myself. Nice. Uh, but that's, uh, as much as I love the deep dish, I, I really like, I, I'm, I'm aflame for the fucking Detroit style pizza. So I oh, tell. Thanks. That's great. Everybody who comes in here, yeah. whenever we have your beer on and we're talking about Devil Craft, we're like, by the way, two stations away, you can get one of the fucking best pizzas in Tokyo. Well, thank you, and man. I'm like, no, no bullshit. And Tokyo is known for amazing pizza worldwide because yeah. of this like Neapolitan thing. Yeah, that's huge here. Yeah. Plenty on the top 50 list or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when we started we knew that that was a kind of a saturated area of the market. Plus, you know, that the way that it's served here, um, you know, it's Italian style in a very good way. Yeah. Um, and then done in a Japanese style. Mm. And uh, we just wanted to do something different. So we started with the Chicago style. And that was really kind of put us on the map because at that time we weren't um, brewing. It took us five years to get the brewing actually going, even though that was the intention to start a brewery, but it took us a bit of time to get that going. But the, uh, the Chicago pizza put us on the map first. And then mm. the Detroit came fairly recently. Uh, not, I don't even know how long it's been, but a year plus maybe we've been talking about it for quite a while. And then that thing that we're not going to mention <laughs> got in the way and, uh, we figured we'd just go ahead with it anyway. And, uh, we had limited numbers of the uh, Detroit, and now I think uh, you can get it, just you can order it off the menu, but only at GU for now. Hopefully we can get it to all the shops eventually. I think everybody in Tokyo would be happy if you did, but you obviously it. you know, it, it's, it's worth the, uh, the train ride to Chicago, which is really easy to get to anyway. It's pretty easy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that being said, I, I actually just, as you mentioned it, I didn't know that it took you that long to start brewing as, as the yes, little bit sir. that I do know, mm -hmm. right. In, in my limited time in Japan, which is going on six years, which sounds like a long time, but I think that thing we don't talk about was probably like, like, like two years off my Japan life at least. Right. Right. And, um, I know it takes quite a long time to get licensed and the hoopla to get through the tax office and everything just to start brewing the equipment yeah. importation. Like, it's a it's an endeavor. We got hit by all of those. Yeah, <laughs> every step of the way. Then. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. but uh, but you are brewing. And you've been brewing now for some time and mm -hmm. uh, making 
really, really, really great beers. Um, before we get too far into Devilcraft and, and what you guys do, although we've already done that, I want to start our podcast the way we normally do, mm-hmm. uh, 30 minutes in, with some quickfire questions. Yeah. So if I can, I'm just going to shoot them out. How do you stay inspired and innovative in your brewing practices? Because you have been brewing now for a while. Yeah, we're just over 600 batches now. Um, actually, recently it's pretty easy um, because uh, our main brewer left about half a year ago, and that was a bit of a hardship. But at the same time, it, it forced um, two of the founders to get back in the brew house more. Excellent. And uh, when we're in the brew house, things just come to you. Like, yeah. well, we could, in process, in terms of process, things come to you. Like, why don't we try it this way? And if you're not there, you're not going to see what the problem is, let alone any potential solutions. So just in terms of process, we're trying a lot more new things. Uh, we have a little bit more flexibility now than we did uh, in past times. And then, of course, we get a lot of inspiration through our brewer comrades, both here in Japan, but a lot of uh, friends and uh, cohorts from the States. And so that's a big uh, inspiration source. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. As um consumer right and i'm definitely a beer consumer prior to opening our, our shop here uh Chela's, i dr- obviously drank your beers at Devilcraft and other places as well but i didn't realize how many collaborations you guys actually do um the timing of which is probably around festivals and things like that but uh what do we have like sailor's grave and and, and sailor's grave georgetown recently georgetown fort george a lot of Georges. A lot of Georges. All the Georges. <laughs> We've done three with uh, Fort George. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah. Um, and some of it is, is through importer connections. Yeah. Uh, and then just connections we've made through the brewing community over That's there. Awesome. And going to CBC and just meeting people. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It's been good. Because you always learn something uh, new in terms of recipe or process when you're doing a collab. That's, to, to us, it's the best thing about mm. it. Uh, so that's been nice. Excellent. Um, so uh, you, you talked about kind of some of the founders and how they're getting back into the brew house and and because of necessity, but also probably at this point now, you know, enjoying it and getting reinvigorated mm-hmm. by it. Um, I'm assuming that like most people, some of you guys were home brewers before. Uh, right. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. I don't absolutely. know the history, that's... so please enlighten me. Oh, yeah. So um, it all starts with homebrew. Our story all starts with homebrew. So I started homebrewing a certain time around 20-ish years ago. And sometime either before or after that, both of my business partners had started homebrewing. And officially speaking, we were in the U.S. of A. when we were homebrewing because it's not the technically US legal here in Japan. Of but of course. We won't go deep into that of today. Of course. But anyway, we got into home brewing, and uh, there were some underground homebrew circles here for people to share ideas and recipes. And uh, we met through that. Yeah, so I met uh, the other devils through that. And the original idea for Devilcraft was just to have a production, a small production brewery. Okay. In fact, we looked out in the hinterlands of the Kanagawa. Hinterlands. Well, I can say that okay. because I live in the, hint- the other hinterlands That's of Kanagawa. That's true, you do. Yeah, you're out and, there. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we didn't find a suitable location. But the idea, the concept at that time was to brew once a week and be out there like a couple times a week checking progress and then keep our day jobs and uh, just kind of grow it up like that. But we changed the, the approach along the way. We ended up doing a, a beer pub that was going to become a microbrewery, but it actually still is operating as a brew pub. We don't ha- have the, uh, 
we have the brewery facility on a separate location. Right. Yeah. Uh, in Oimachi, right? Yeah, in Oimachi. Um, so let me backtrack because yeah. I know uh, the concept of quick fire is obviously difficult for you to grasp. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> oh, I should be a little bit less wordy. <laughs> Don't get me started. But uh, no. So so my question my question was going to be now I'm actually responsible for it, but my question was going to be. What's your advice for home brewers that are looking to improve their craft? So there was a question in there. There was a question in there. It was coming. <laughs> it was coming. Well, kids, those of you listening at home Fellow who are kids. interested in, in homebrew, I do recommend that you check the legal situation in your community. <laughs> That's first. <laughs> After you Don't do that. Arrested. After you ignore that. <laughs> no, uh, try to get together with other homebrewers. That's really mm. it. Obviously... There's a, a ton of information on the net now, and the, that stuff was just sort of starting to become available for us uh, almost 20 years ago, um, recipes and uh, so on. So you, you really need, you need to get together with people outside of your home to kind of further get the flame going. Got it. And by the net, you mean the information superhighway? Yeah, that Al Gore thing. The World Wide yeah. Web. As they uh, call it. I, uh, is that what they call it? Yeah. Do you use Netscape or like, uh, <laughs> what do you use, Navigator or something? Yeah. Hey, you're on my, an, you're on an AOL. dial-up. You're yes. an AOL guy, right? <laughs> Did you get mail today? You've got mail, right? Pretty much every okay, day. Okay, excellent. Every day. <laughs> uh, so, okay, next quick fire. Uh, what's your favorite beer-related festival or event that you've attended? It's okay. Don't. I know you can't pick favorites, but really quickly, favorite one. Quick fire. Ah. Just name Shimokita. the festival. Shimokita Festival. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you why, but easy easy answer. No, you're going to go long if I, you ask me why. Welcome Shimokita back. Shimokita Beer Fest. And that's happening again in October, November. Check it out. Beautiful. October, November is a perfect time, actually. Yes. Okay, excellent. Lager or ale? Today or tomorrow. I mean, you got to pick it today. Questions for today. It's getting to be hot and sticky, and I'm choosing lager. Yeah, I, you know what, I, I, I think that longevity terms, it seems like most brewers would choose lager, mm-hmm. right? I think that's a, that's a in-house favorite for a lot of people. Just easier to drink more of. Yeah, absolutely. And we do this. Yeah. Um, you guys actually make some excellent lagers. Thank you. I, I, I think when I get the, um, the beer list for what you guys are releasing, I do tend to look for some of those light beers for you guys. Mm-hmm. Not that the, the. IPAs aren't amazing. Obviously, like you've literally won awards for your IPAs Thank recently. Uh, but the lagers, man, are, are just fucking crisp, clean, everything you want it to be. It's been a challenge for us on the lagers. And why, why is that? Because the lagers are the hardest beers to brew. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to hide behind. So there can be no flaws in any part of the recipe formulation or process or handling or anything. And so the lagers, we've actually tweaked very slightly, almost every time, and now a couple of them are pretty much exactly where we want them. Do you think that that's the reason we don't see them as much here? Because I do think that there's obviously a haze craze still going on in Japan. Um, there is, for yeah. sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the loggers, obviously, the, the, the big players, the, the Asahis and the Kirins, they're really good at loggers. I don't know if I'm letting the cat out of the bag here. Don't um, tell anybody that. Nobody but, knows that. You know, and so the, the approach of, of craft beer kind of traditionally here was do ales and specifically do IPAs and now do a, a, an offshoot of that, do the hazies. 
So it kind of gets lost. If you want to make beer that's just going to be popular among your core consumers, you're going to make IPAs and a lot of them. Yeah. And we do too. Yeah. Maybe not as many as some breweries, but we make a lot. But uh, no, the making the the uh, the lagers are is just a challenge, and it's what we want to drink. So you know, there's that old kind of overused thing of, of brewers. Why did you start a brewery? I just oh, I wanted to make beers that I wanted to drink, and I only make beers that I want to drink. It's kind of nonsense because it's a business, sure. and you have to yeah. you know make you uh, should homebrew if that's the case. Realistically, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, so. But anyway, yeah, we just love loggers and we love kind of making those slight tweaks. I mean, I think, you know, the, what you mentioned is is obviously you do have to pay attention to the consumers in the market. And, and, and same thing for bars who are buying the beers, right? Like if, yeah. I, if I only bought beers that I love, it might be a bit of a challenge. We do have the luxury to buy most of the things we like mm-hmm. uh, because we like most styles. So it's yeah. a little bit easier for us in that sense, yeah. right, than, than, than producing these beers. Um, but one of the things I like about Devilcraft is that there is a really wide variety and you guys don't forget, I guess I should say about some of these classic styles, mm-hmm. uh, like these occasional red ales, right. Or a really hoppy red, uh, was it the John Brown, right. That you guys yeah. did like these Man, beers are these beers. fantastic. It's and like you've had them. It's like I've drank them before <laughs> or even bought them. Um, but the, 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 strange part is is that they're not considered like sexy beers mm-hmm. they're not right no, they're not. i mean they're not like the newest thing they're not like the haze craze and some people have never had like a red ipa mm-hmm. and it's so sad because that balance of like malt and hop is so attractive to me it you is know? it is and some of them like you can't drink a lot of them necessarily we don't brew mm-hmm. them um you know like all the time but uh you know like the john's brown and the the red ipa the uh the Red Revenge and some of the other Red Revenge. That's the name. We we Love do things beer. with. There are malty beers, but also hoppy. I think a lot of uh, a lot of breweries don't do much of that, and we those are because we like. Well, one of them is is, is one of our recipes, so there's that. But um, yeah, we just like those, and also we think that that's a uh, way to differentiate a little bit. That nobody's making them, so people actually will come to us because we do make them. I love that. I mean, you know, one of the things that I really, really, really miss black IPAs. Yeah. You know, I, very I, divisive subject. Even oh, the name Cascadian dark ale, I black like, IPA, oh, Cascadian, Cascadian dark, dark ale. ale. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense too. Yeah. We love those. That kind of Chinook, that kind of piney yeah. resiny thing with yeah. uh, the roasty malts and stuff. Um, so for me and you know, my hometown San Diego, so society brewing uh, mm-hmm. was one of the places that kind of really introduced me to that love style. Them. And are they, they still making it? So occasionally, they did a collaboration with Moonlight Brewing recently uh, that was imported by Nagano that was really, really, really great. They put the recipe right on the can, uh, which was I thought was really cool. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, it looked like an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. On the Yes, also on the Information Superhighway. Yes, America Online, I believe, featured that in there. Uh, never mind. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, Are we still quick firing? No, we're we're way past that. I don't even think we got there to be honest. With you. I think we blew right by that with the one. Well, question. yeah, that's the question. Then it's like, why? Well, that's gonna get long. I f- I'm fucking cur- I'm a fucking curious person, Mike. <laughs> All right, fair All right, enough. So, what's the? You are the host. <laughs> that's true. I'm in control here. I keep telling myself. Uh, what's the most challenging aspect of brewing beer? The most challenging aspect. Hmm. There's a lot. 
What's well, one is um, if you're doing it as a business, staying in business, business. staying in business, <laughs> making it viable as a business more than, you know, just at the beginning. Wait a minute. This is not a get rich quick scheme. Oh, you haven't heard. Oh, you're not doing it right. Oh, you then. didn't hear. <laughs> oh, so how do you make a small fortune in brewing? Yes. You don't know? You don't? You start with a large fortune. <laughs> and this is That's actually not excellent. untrue. This is not untrue. Excellent. You got to love it. Um, People do get uh, under the impression that there's money to be made. There's gold in them dar hills or something like that. And you can make a living. That's how I put it. And that if you're successful and you're lucky and you work hard, even now, I think any any upstart that's that's long term ready to do that here in this market, you can do that for sure. Mm. Are you going to make enough for your retirement? I don't know. Are you going to get rich? Absolutely not. Not rich money-wise. Okay, so then l- let me ask you, since we're, we're talking about this, like what are some of the biggest challenges you face when starting the business? With starting the business, obviously, you know, like getting the capital together. So yeah. the startup capital. Um, and then there's some barriers to entry if you want to make beer, getting the license and so on. And then being non-Japanese in Japan, there are some cultural issues, like in terms of making contracts, signing contracts. Um, There is, I don't know how to put this nicely, but basically there's there's a tendency to not want to necessarily do business with non-Japanese if it can be avoided. And so, um, yeah, we had to kind of, we are still wading through that. Yeah, I think I think that that's a real challenge, though, that mm-hmm. people face. And, and as the craft scene here gets bigger, um, and especially in recent years, we've seen a lot of, you know, for lack of a better word, like immigrants. Can I say immigrants? You know, I mean, we say like foreigners, like a coco jean, but we're just talking about uh, whatever word you want to use, expats, mm-hmm. um, getting into the business, myself included, mm-hmm. you know, uh, however, I, I run the bar with my wife who's Japanese and obviously that's a, a huge help mm-hmm. for paperwork and all the logistics and just communication and stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's, it would be ridiculous to say that, that, that doesn't influence my ability to be successful here is my, my lack of the language but also maybe the doors aren't always as quick to open. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. To, to do business with, uh, with Kaikoku Jin or, or outside, outside uh, people. Um, and that's especially true because you said the question was about at the beginning. I think as you establish a track record, it's a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it changes completely. But yeah, at the beginning, you don't have anything to show and you're asking or something that the person may not want to have any interest in delivering. So. What's well, trust too, right? In the beginning, I mean, like trust is a big thing here. Yeah. And there is, uh, I don't know, kind of like a, you know, from, from my perspective, there is a bit of like a social, uh, what would I say, support system or ladder or expectation from people who grew up here. Uh, if we look at the, uh, let's just call it the COVID situation, um, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of, legality pushing people to close their business early etc because you you can't do that in japan mm-hmm. like you would in the u.s uh, it was more of a societal pressure which mm-hmm. everybody participated in um right i called that the it wasn't the lockdown it was the shame down it was the shame down i mean they literally listed businesses names they named names. name and shame baby yeah 
but it but it was effective here very right which in the u.s probably would be a little bit different. roundly ignored yeah yeah uh, but but anyways, okay. So that that's another topic. But that's I think that's interesting to know that there's a lot of people who I've talked to that are very interested in opening their own business, mm-hmm. starting a bar, starting a brewery, etc. And so many challenges they don't even know what to expect. Yeah, I mean that first challenge was um, the biggest one at the very beginning was was signing that first rental contract. But at that time, our president was my business partner's spouse, who is Japanese, and so that helped a lot. A lot, lot, and eventually we changed that uh, along the way. So the I think spouses that's a good way to start, are directly involved. All, all they're hugely supportive. Love you, honey, um, <laughs> but not directly involved on a day-to-day basis. Got it. Okay. Um, so, as I was saying, there are a lot of people who want to start their own brewery or start their own bar and, and things of that nature. Um, maybe one of the things you can kind of share with anybody who might be interested in that is um, what's the biggest misconception people have about brewing beer on a commercial level or on a, you know, the scale that you guys are doing it now? Well, I think the one is that we just covered in terms of like that you're going to have a chance to make a lot of money. It's, it's not likely. Hmm. It's not a, a money-making business. So food production is notoriously difficult business, I think, anywhere you go. Yeah. And uh, because of pesky safety rules and other rules that keep us our health and welfare in good shape, it's even more challenging in Japan. Stupid refrigerators. Yeah, yeah, refrigerators and all this kind of like alcohol spray and gloves mm. and things like that. It adds <laughs> up. You don't need that shit. <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. Um, yeah, okay, that, that's a challenge. What other ones? Like what, you know, because so I think so. people have. Some people yeah. have an idea that like a brewer's life is like, hey, I'm just going to yeah. hang out and make beer and, and, you know, I'll get to drink it at the end of the day and et cetera and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, yeah, that that misconception of like it's all about festivals and partying and drinking. I mean, we drink at the brewery almost every day, if not every day. But usually the drinking is tasting what's going on in the tanks, mm. seeing the progress of the beers that you're making. And if it's a really good day and you're lucky, you're going to have a, a beer or two at the end of the day to kind of unwind. But um, it's extremely physical, hard, demanding work. Um, and you've got to be, you've got to be physically uh, ready and willing to do that. I mean, if you're going to do it hands-on, we've, we've done both. We've had people that have worked and, and done a lot of the heavy lifting for us, and we still do. Thank you, people. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great team. But, you know, if you're going to do it yourself, it's going to take a hell of a lot of time and energy, and you will be pretty much left with very little energy at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't work in that field. Mm-hmm. I work in an adjacent field, right? Mm-hmm. We, we buy the end product, but, you know, having seen the process firsthand and having been marginally involved a couple of times in the process, um, that's a, it's a fucking, it's a workload. It is. You know, is. everything's heavy. Everything's um, you're working heavy. in a hot environment. The, uh, what is it? The, uh, workers comp insurance for a brewery is much higher than the average workplace. So it's not only difficult and, and heavy, it's dangerous. Yeah. You're working with pressure, temperature, boiling liquids, um, tanks that could potentially explode. It does happen. It's happened in Japan not that long ago. So oh, I mean, shit in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was oh, a guy up fuck. in Aomori who was killed in a, a tank explosion. Oh, it was maybe, terrible, maybe it's bro. five years now. Yeah, it just, just it happens. And yeah. So, yeah, there's risk uh, everywhere. It's like a kitchen. 
but a big one with bigger pots. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Huge pots in that sense. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, part of the job that maybe people forget. Mm-hmm. Seeing the process firsthand, um, recently, uh, my wife and I went to a couple of breweries recently and, and got to watch the process and be involved in cool. the process a little bit for our upcoming anniversary. And seeing it from her eyes, I guess for the first time, was so cool. Because she was blown away by like every step of the way. And you sell nice. this product, you drink this product. Now and you know how to make it. Yeah, now you know how to make it. So when are you guys opening the brewery? Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck that noise. You want to buy one? Uh, all, all <laughs> I, of, I'll give you all, a good deal. All of the answers are no, no, and no. Uh, we're just going to get through the year. And, uh, and then yeah, I we'll, hear you. Well, well that's uh, what it feels like at the brewery. Just going to get through this batch. <laughs> just get through this batch and, and all will be well. All right, so let me ask you then. So yeah. as, as we're, we're, we, you know, we both have our commiseration moments about getting into craft beer, although we love it. We love it. There's, there's some fucking moments. Oh, yeah. What are some of the key lessons you learn as a business owner, right, that maybe you wish you knew when you started? Well, we are not a huge business. We're small. We, we have 20 employees plus the founders plus uh, a number of part-timers who were mostly gone during the COVID situation. Now mm. we're getting some back which is nice as we kind of get back into the swing of things. But from my personal perspective, um, I just wanted to make beer when we started this. Mm. I really, because I, I come from a homebrew background. Yeah. It's just dealing with people. Okay. You know, you've got to get customers to kind of, well, first of all, appreciate what you're offering and come in and, and enjoy and, you know, be customers like they're supposed to, damn it. <laughs> just guys, just act right. Just do what you're supposed to do. Just Come get in, your shit together, guys. Get Come your on. credit card ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then put your the, money down at the, the door. On the team side, you yeah. know, you you better have somebody who's. We have quite a few at the the pubs, and it's great. Who are people, people, and they can lead a team in their own way. Everybody does it in a different way, but you better be prepared to lead the team. You know, your mm. team is going to be small at first, but you there. Every team's looking to the leader. Yeah. And if you don't have an on-site leader, you know, you're kind of a ship without a rudder. And so that was kind of the biggest misconception. I had no concept about that. Obviously, it's obvious if you think about it, but, mm. um, you know, we... But nobody of, thinks about that. Yeah, it's, it was it's one more of those like, things that I didn't think about at all. It's like, here's the list of things we need to do. I figured we had do. enough people. Right. So you got enough people, you got to cover. Well, not really, because somebody has to step into that role. Yeah. And you might not be perfectly suited. You might not be born to do that, but you can learn. I mean, with four locations in the brewery, I mean, you, you, you don't just need five. You just need a minimum of five liters. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You might have like a duty leader for that particular day, and that mm. could be fine too. And they might only do that once a week. But, you know, somebody's got to be the one that other people look to when something goes, uh, something goes awry or something out of the ordinary happens. You're, you're clearly one of those leaders mm-hmm. for, for your, uh, your crew, your ship. Uh, devil craft in, in general how do you balance like the demands of the business with a personal life i mean you don't necessarily live very close to the Mom, brewery either it's a personal life <laughs> so you don't um, you don't balance then i have sacrificed a lot okay yeah i stay at the brewery two days a week people yeah. don't know that i used to stay i used to sleep, sleep in there? conda wow. i used to sleep on the floor in conda i would i would wash the floor i would put down a mattress 
and I would sleep there. I would go to the net cafe and shower, and I would work the bar the next day. I'm not wow, doing that dude. anymore. Yeah. But once you go from one location to two, and then to three, we've been fortunate to have five locations, four of which are, uh, you know, retail locations, and one is yeah. just just making beer. It's you know, just making beer. Um, it's a hand. Those are all hands-on operations at every location, and yeah. so you you need uh, a lot of people. So, and you need you need. I think especially at the brewery because we're trying to make a fine quality product. You need someone who's watching it and then they go away and they watch it and they come back and they watch it again and they check it and they fucking check it and they check it again and they mm. make sure that it got checked and they make sure that it got done and they make sure that the thing that they made is what they intended to make. And I'm that guy. Wow. So yeah, personal life, my family suffered. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I think about that now that my kids are a bit older, but yeah, no, <laughs> You know, as a business owner yourself, you know, you ask you the same question. Well, I, I, I drag my family with me. So, you know, <laughs> me and wife are stuck here yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tried that. She kicked and screamed. And, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that for a second in, yeah. in case anybody is, is at all interested in that. But working with your partner mm-hmm. as your partner mm-hmm. uh, is fucking weird in yeah. the beginning. Okay. Right. You, you kind of settle down and you find a rhythm. Um, and we both came from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. neither one of which was a bar or, you know, a food service kind of related, mm-hmm. except for maybe like during college or sure. something like that. Um, but now a year in that we're fairly comfortable and we've got some part-time staff mm-hmm. and everything, there is a certain rhythm, right? Yeah. That we've got together. And when it's, when it's on all cylinders, it's kind of fucking great. Yeah. You know, there, there's awesome. this, like you mentioned, uh, teams, no matter how small mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. big, you're, you're working together to, to do something and take care of people. So when we can do that, we can serve our customers and chat and still engage with them. Like, hmm. fuck, man, it just feels yeah, good. Yeah, you guys make a great team. Thank yeah. you, man. I mean, I can, I can see the you know evolution in this just been a year. Yeah. As you said it earlier, when we were uh, talking, it seems like more than a year, but... Um, how you guys have evolved in your communication while you're working and stuff. Um, yeah. 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 And, awesome. and you're right. Like you, you've been here, you know, from, from, from the beginning and, and even before that, you know, um, I, I have to give you credit. You, you and, and other people in the industry as well um, have been very helpful to us, very That's supportive great. of us. And not just in like, Hey, we want to buy some beer, but yeah. in, Hey man, I, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I should approach this and giving people feedback. Um, the craft beer community always seems very supportive. Yeah. Uh, sometimes though people are gatekeepers mm-hmm. and they, they tend to maybe pull back a little bit on information. Yeah. You were always so open with us. Um, yeah. and, and so forth. Coming. Kimono. Yeah, and you did. You I took a peek. Completely. It was wonderful. I, no, I took a peek. And, uh, and it looked good, you know, I'm not going to lie, but, but more so, uh, that information was all things that we could put to use and adjust for like our, our way of doing business. Yeah. So we, sure. we always appreciate and that and we'll, we'll, we'll never forget that. Sorry. Just want to say that. Thank you. Um, okay. So let, let's switch gears. I want to talk a little bit about brewing cause I'm, I'm always fascinated with brewers. I yeah. still do have this like fanboy thing, you know, for people who can make a really great product. Yeah. And can you, sorry, I don't have a beard. Well, I probably kind of ruined your image of a brewer. I just close my eyes. When I look at you, I just listen to the voice <laughs> I look and look at the kimono and, and that's it. That's I just <laughs> neck down. 
Shit's getting weird. Okay. Can you share a unique or experimental ingredient that you've used in a beer recently or in a history? I know there's some new things going on. Yeah. Now in, we in do. We do a lot with fruit. Um, you know, one of the recent things with local fruit was with uh, with um, Suzuki-san from Zakokobo up in uh, Ogawamachi in Saitama. Good match up there. Yeah. Yeah. Great that was great. Um, we made a beer with Biwa. Uh, so that was nice. Can and, you tell uh, everybody, including me, what the fuck BYA is? BYA, God, I think it's, what is that even called? It's like an apricot with less flavor. That's <laughs> okay. Right. I'm not a sales guy. That is not, you are clearly not, <laughs> that's a, that is not your forte, it sir. Look, it looks like an apricot. <laughs> it's like a it delicious the, fruit, but it's it not a delicious. It has uh, a similar pit in the middle. Okay. Uh, and a similar color. It's kind of a pale orange uh, color and a, and a fairly soft flesh. We're gonna edit all this shit out. Yeah, right don't take here. it all out. <laughs> Dump it. The beer she though. Can. can you tell us a little bit about like the final product? What did the beer end up being? Ended up being a Biwa beer, and it Jesus was Christ. Fucking God. <laughs> give me a style, maybe. Let's start with a style. Shit, I do not remember. I was, I, I was thinking like, you gonna ask me the style? Cut. Ha ha. Gotcha journalism. <laughs> I could look oh, it up. Shit. Yeah, I think it was nice. a Saison. It was a that Saison with Biwa. Yeah. Saison tends to be one of those beers that fucking lends itself to fruit really well. Yeah. Um, clearly, like that fucking classic style, they do it extremely well. Wait, I remember. Jesus Christ, here we go. Okay. <laughs> this happens with elders a lot. I'm talking about old, old farts. Right. Uh, it, we made one with Yamamomo. Oh, Yamamomo, this is which the is mountain. The, are you going to ask me what that is too? No. Well, Yama mountain, and mountain peach is, is the, the direct translation, guess, right? but, it's but it's actually, not. no, it's not a peach. It's more like a sour plum, ah. a small sour plum. Fucking delicious. And we made a Saison with that, but that went into the fooder up at uh, Suzuki-san's place and it's yeah. still there. Oh yeah. It's going to so be there for a while, I bet. So all you faithful listeners have a chance to uh, drink that one. That was coming fairly soon, he said, this summer. Is it really? Released. This summer? That's what he said. Oh. He said it's ready. He said it shan't improve greatly after this. And I said, that sounds like let that. us shall release it. <laughs> let it go forth and propagate inside our bellies. Uh, okay. So, so hopefully summer that's gonna, yeah, it was, we, we chose the culture that uh, went into the food or with it. And, uh, it was a mixed culture. I think it was three different, uh, races. No, sorry. That's <laughs> yeah. It. Something like that. Okay. I don't remember what they were, but, they weren't Japanese. They were Belgian um, cultures, some sort. Okay. And it got a nice tartness, and uh, we're looking forward to sharing that with people. Excellent. All right, guys, you heard it here first. Got a nice beat. You can dance to it. Uh, let me ask you, what's your favorite beer and food pairing? You know, we what we do here at, uh, at our little bar here in Oyamadai is we take our tap list every week, and we add little colored stickers. Yeah. Our food menu... Each um, taco has a colored sticker to it. And then awesome we match taco. that. Thank you very much. We match that colored sticker to a beer that we feel is the best pairing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, definitely when we have you guys on tap, we tend to find like nice little correlations, especially with some of these 
multi beers that we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Like IPAs, I think you can match with with a few different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have like a hoppy red or you have a very crisp lager, there's some cool things that you can do uh, with flavor profiles. Yeah. From your perspective, you know, do you have a particular like favorite beer and food pairing? I don't. Okay. I don't. I think it's like really depends on my mood. I do think in terms of like they talk about going, you know, parallel or perpendicular. So you want to mm. complement the thing that you want to pair with, or you want to go kind of in, in the opposite direction but in a not in a jarring way but kind of an interesting and surprising way so i like to do things like that and sometimes um things come up that are surprising but i don't have one particular in mind okay so like you're half big, the taps like a, are ipa so you're big like, like a sea, I, something with an ipa i would say sea urchin imperial stout guy sounds oh, like how did you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know the old classic tale <laughs> all right because everybody does oysters and stout and that's so passe that so is. I had to go like deeper into the sea, kick it up, and get the urchin. Oh my god! I got dude, the urge I, for the urchin. I had uni today, uh, okay. so yeah. And you're still okay. I fucking love it. That's my. Favorite. I think the uni had you. That is my favorite fucking food. When uni is good, it's fantastic. It's now, fa- what would you pair that with? If it was something on your tap list. Ooh, that's so hard. So it's briny. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like I, I on the spot, I would probably say something like a saison. Yeah, um, that would, and that, that's, that's a bit of a cheat mind. though. Because, uh, well, uh, fucking Saison's pair with pretty much so everything. many pretty fucking Pretty foods. much everything. <laughs> so that's our that's our default. If we have a Saison yeah. and we're like, oh, carte blanche, I can fucking pair this with whatever. Uh, generally, right? If it's mm. like that classic style. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uni I had today is from Rebun Island. Do you know I this? I don't know that, no. So it's from Rishiri and Rebun are the northernmost islands in Hokkaido. Oh, okay. And that's where... I don't even think it's arguable. I think that's where the best uni comes from. Excellent. You know? I, so I, you uh, just swam up there and grabbed a few. Just a quick, uh, right before I came here. Yeah. I just took the I knew teo- you did some Olympic swimming. I took the Tioka line down after that, yeah, uh, but made it on time. No, so I was actually over at uh, Cedro's restaurant in Daikanyama. Okay. Uh, Cedro's or Cedro's, and basically means like cedar trees oh. in, in Spanish. Um, uh, Yui and Louis uh, Shirako are the brothers out there. They own this restaurant. Excellent. So I was out there kind of just hanging out with them for lunch and, and doing some stuff with tortillas. And I had a little taste of uni. I was just mm-hmm. drinking a, a Shikakogan pale ale. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. How'd that treat you? Oh, dude, the, the, the brine, yeah. the fucking pale ale. Like, it was just... Pale mm. ale is, is a pretty good uh, second. It goes with almost anything. As I think so, it's too. not crazy. I think so, too. Right? If it's not too, too overhopped, mm. um, I, I think it's a pretty nice match for a lot of beers. Yeah. Uh, IPAs sometimes we have a bit of a challenge because it can make food a bit spicier. So yeah. if people order a very spicy salsa, or we have like a special, then they could be you know surprised. They at. can be, but yeah. you know that could be a good thing too. You know, yeah, people want to actually really get that fire going, ramp it up, and take care of it themselves. Yeah. Um, so okay, let me tell you really quickly. I, I I do have one question that I wanted to get some input from you and and take your time with this question. Okay, what are your thoughts on the future of this industry? your industry in Japan. Um, how do you see that? Mm-hmm. And second part, which may be more challenging, is how do you see your business evolving with that? Mm-hmm. Two-part question. What's the first part? What do you see for the future? Well, I mean, I see craft beer growing for yeah. sure. You know, they talk about in the States, we always refer back to, because we're familiar with that market, you know, we're from the States that comparing it in terms of statistics and stuff. And I don't think it's a fair comparison 
and there's some reasons for that I won't get into, but I don't think it'll ever reach the, uh, the level of market share that it has in the States. It just, uh, again, there's, a, there's quite a few reasons why I feel that way, but Sidebar. I think it can still... Sidebar, yes. really quickly. Do you think it has to? No. Be- because, because of the population size, especially in our city, where, where your businesses are located, mm-hmm. are it's the fucking biggest city in the world. Yeah. You know, so even if it doesn't reach that saturation point, the population that still follows craft beer or drinks craft beer is interested in it is pretty fucking high. Right. It's really high. Yeah. There's a massive number of people in this, this metropolis. So there's plenty of potential within Tokyo and the bigger cities. Um, I think what I meant like share overall, like when share of beer, if you, if you put in your, um, you look at your total drinks market or even just your beer market, Hmm. It's it's hard in Japan, and one of it is because there's so many good choices. Yeah, there's so many great choices that are already here and already established. Uh, There's one of the reasons. I think well, the other big reason is just just price. I mean, you're in a deflationary um, society or economy, and you've got a premium thing. There'll always be a market for that, and I think there'll always be a market for some good stuff like your awesome tacos and our and and beer and our great beer and pizza. Um, but you know, when you get to a certain price point, not everybody's going to be able to afford you. That's and that's true. just a, a reality of the situation. So that, we, that's a big part of it. But I think how we, how we fit into the evolution of things and how things are going to go forward in the next 10 years or 15 years, that, that's going to really depend on a lot on what the founders choices are. So I'm one of the three founders and, and I've got two business partners. And so, um, one of them's a bit older, so he may make some choices to move on to the next stage of his life or whatever. Mm. Did you hear me, John? Um, <laughs> no, no, but you know, depend on, on choices like that. And then we'll kind of go from there, like how yeah. we want to grow. Um, and, uh, so one of my business partners is older than me. One is younger and I'm, I'm, you know, basically I'm almost 60 and I'll probably work until I'm 70. You're the middle brother. I'm the middle brother. Yeah. Yeah. So I get shit from all sides. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me, let me ask you maybe a more specific question yeah. about, your your future and i'm not trying to to you know get into the books or anything like that but do you guys have a plan to maybe open another location and if so we, we want to grow is yeah. it gonna be tokyo does it oh, have well, to that, be yeah tokyo? that's a great question and you know we've been talking about this for a while internally until that thing that we weren't going to talk about until you said right. covid right. hit and so that put a dent in everybody's kind of plans but we want to grow and i think our if we grow on the restaurant side uh, it, outside Tokyo makes sense for us now. Mm. Uh, so other big cities in Japan yeah. make good sense, whether it's Osaka or Nagoya or something. So we're looking for uh, people to partner up with who want to be anybody out there. Hello? That wants to uh, this thing on? be a partner in, in the great stuff that we do. So we're looking at, at that um, possibility. On the beer side, we're kind of maxed out in terms of capacity mm. at our current location. You know, we without doing a major overhaul of the facility, we really can't make that much more beer than we do at the current place. And so we'd have to either brew at somebody else's place or make another brewery. And that's a whole nother ball of wax that I'm not quite sure we're ready to get into. So we're having these talks all the time. So, okay, you, you brought, I, I wanted to end kind of on your view of the future in the industry, but you actually brought up a really good point about maxing out your capacity, mm-hmm. which seems to be, par for the course here in Japan mm-hmm. is 
for the most part, there is still much more demand than what's able to be supplied. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of breweries sell out instantaneously mm-hmm. or within a very short time of releasing new products. Right. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't... Enviable situation. Enviable situation. I, I don't know if the U.S. experiences that from like a bar owner I side. I don't know either. Um, you know, I, I obviously I don't have the history of that experience there. What I can say though, as a bar owner here who tries to put together a tap list every week, um, you know, or, or, or every other week or whatever the case is, depending on what we've got on, um, it's a challenge, constant mm. challenge to offer everybody variety and also to secure, uh, mm. kegs from multiple yeah. breweries, yeah. right? Cause we, cause we do want to have as many breweries as we can on to, to let customers, especially as a local shop, mm-hmm. try all these different beers that are available. Yeah, you guys are great at curating your tap list. There's Thank always, you. Um, you have how many taps? We have eight. There's always eight excellent beers on tap it's a fucking Plus, thank you the uh the cans and the fridge so tons of choices thank you thank you and, and we really do work hard on that that is really really our focus as much as we love the tacos uh but it's a constant struggle just to secure product mm-hmm. um and th- and there's been times you know realistically where we've reached out to, to devil crap and said hey man we want to buy this beer and you're like mm, that's gone call back tomorrow yeah it's or just it's gone right like it's yeah, done yeah, yeah. and and that's fine like that of course we're super happy to hear that um but it's kind of wild you know i i can imagine that for new business owners who are struggling to figure out the ins and outs of how to order online Mm -hmm. and things like that and how to even sometimes get a a response back from people they want to do business with yeah shit's crazy man it's crazy yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i would say people that wanted to open a bar or something just like make as many contacts as you can with people who have beer <laughs> before you even yeah open. yeah because not all of them will necessarily remember but some of them will yeah and you'll get on you'll get in somebody's consciousness and then uh yeah it's just a little bit easier to get uh more choice on the beers yeah yeah fun time fun times in tokyo though as yeah far as, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, i think there's plenty of opportunity for small places to open up and i'm looking forward to a lot more places like chalice not necessarily as comfortable and 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 with great tacos and beer but with some other kind of way in to kind of combine what they have to offer um to people because yeah people are thirsty people want really good stuff yeah and uh and hopefully in their local area. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, that, that's yeah. A I sure wish there was us. something like this in our area. Um, so, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I, you know, we, we live in yoga and um, gr- going to yoga station the first four years that I lived here for craft beer uh, was a ghost town. And I ended up spending a lot of time in Sanganjaya, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is not my home station. So it, it'd be great to just walk out on a Friday after work, et cetera have a couple of beers nearby and then just walk home. Yeah. Um, now it seems like that's a bit more realistic for a mm-hmm. lot of the smaller stations um, because there are so many small bars popping up yeah. and we're a part of that. We're really proud to be a part that's of that um, and hope that that continues to, to expand to I other stations so as, well. as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, man, for coming in. My I'm pleasure. Gonna, uh, I'm going to totally wrap glad it up. to be here. Yeah. Thank, thanks for coming out. Thanks for kind of giving us your, you know, your uh, perspective on things, the questions that I had. A lot of these were just Always. my fucking curiosity about 
how you see things and, and how Devilcraft operates. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll edit this and, and get it out as soon as possible. Um, if this does come out in two weeks, I want to want to pump something of, of our own here. We've got our anniversary coming up. Looking forward to July that. first, yeah. yeah. So Devilcraft's going to be a part of that. We've got an original beer uh, that Mike's been working on for us. Actually, Tasting maybe you could very, tell them a little promising. bit about that. Yeah, it's that. basically a, a Kelsch-based, a Kolsch base, uh, and it's dry-hopped uh, mostly with mosaic. Yeah. And there's a few other little treats in there, but it's not a super crazy dry hop. It's super drinkable. Yeah. It's got a, a great aroma from the uh, dry hop. So uh, I'm super excited. That's one that you can drink a lot of uh, in the weather as it kind of heats up here. Yeah, and we'll have a little outside space, kind of some overflow uh, for folks to be able to drink a beer outside. Feel great with tacos. Yeah, and so we're not going to have tacos. So thanks for ruining that, Mike. Oh, uh, but <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, the plan, you know what? I'm not going to talk about the plan just in case plans don't no. work out. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> there is a plan people. Let's just say there's a plan and we, uh, we may have some new menu items that Damn. will be exciting. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So come out, hang out. Um, we'll have some original I'm merch and all that good seat. stuff. You, you should be, it's going to be a good one. Um, what's Devilcraft doing for summer? Do you have anything coming up? We soon? actually have our own shop anniversaries coming. So that also in July, not, not long after that. So some are on the 4th of Note July. Note to self, edit out all this July. information. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. Please continue. The 4th and the 11th. Oh, and then there's the one in August. Oh, Wait, and do you really have something on the 4th? Uh, actually, we haven't set like dates for when we're going to serve it but we have anniversary beers for all the shops so the the staff came down to the brewery last week and yeah. we made beers together with our Sweet. pub staff and uh so we got a session ipa we've got an english bitter and another session ipa and something else that i can't remember but it's like awesome is Just, it a, is it a dry hopped couch no because that was like for cellist don't only. Pi- don't piggyback on my beer man no dude that beer <laughs> You're gonna to have to come to Chellis, or you, there might be a drop at Devilcraft, depending go. on Chellis, depending on Renee, how much Renee drinks. One drop. I drink a lot, <laughs> but uh, no, that's awesome. If you do something on the fourth, please tell me because I'd love to celebrate the Fourth of July. Yeah, with a beer in a, hand at a, at a Devilcraft location. Maybe that's a pizza also, in the other hand. Also, my day off. So awesome. Uh, come on, pizza and beer, dude. I get more. So it shall be. That. Yeah. All right. Good times. Uh, thank you. Awesome. And then um, thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for tuning in. And, and get uh, down to Chellis and get some tacos before they change the menu. You can't damn son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll sign off there. Bye-bye.